Welcome to Data and Sunshine, a podcast to brighten your business. Join Zerobi's own Marianne O'Brien and guests as they talk voice of customer, CX, AI, business efficiencies, and more, and discover how a 360-degree view of your customer data can lead to a brighter, more profitable day. We are recording live from Mercury Studios. This is our first ever recording, and I've got Mike McDermott from Xeris here, and I'm Marianne O'Brien from OBI Creative, and we are excited to tell you about our new joint venture, Zerobi. And the idea is really how to harness the power of data to improve outcomes on the marketing, operations, sales side of the business. And we're going to share um, sort of the inspiration behind this joint venture and why we think it's uh, so relevant today. Tell me a little bit about Xeris. Yeah, Xeris is an IT consultant company. We've been around for 30 years. And we really grew up uh, implementing and supporting Oracle technology. And about five years ago, we saw a change in what our customers were demanding from us, as opposed to the more traditional on-premise big software implementations. They were looking more toward cloud solutions that really helped them analyze their data better. So we built a new practice. And when we first started that practice, we were all focused on big data as an aspect of it. But as we learned more about what customers wanted, it was more the analytics as opposed to just the data. So we built an analytics practice out, which included um, the, the ingestion of data as well as the analytics with that with that same data. So we have our staff that are focused on moving that data from point A to point B, and that point B could be a data lake or some type of warehouse. And then we also have folks that are skilled with the machine learning aspect of that, the more deeper analytics. But what we discovered is what we were lacking is the business um, acumen to go in and help convince our customers that they needed to do an implementation. So we looked for companies and we looked to help us do that. And we ran into your company at an event and we started talking about how we could join forces and deliver a solution that would, that would leverage the skill sets of both companies and make a stronger, um, a stronger solution in the long term. On the OBI side, we're a full-service advertising agency and strategy firm. And we have practice areas and market research, uh, brand strategy and design, and then creative services. And over the years, uh, as an organization, we uh, are always challenged with how to make better sense out of the interactions that we're having with different customers at different steps within their journey. And so for many years, um, I was kind of in this position where I'm like, there's got to be a better way. There's got be, to be access to more information so that we can improve outcomes faster and that we can make sense um, of the customer's experience through the lens of the customer, but then use that information to, to help uh, help demonstrate how, how much we care about them from a marketing perspective and kind of intersect them when it's most meaningful to them. And so when Mike's team approached us, we were like, oh my gosh, this is my blue heaven because that's exactly what we needed. We needed someone with the skill set and the expertise on the technology side to really help translate what could be done um, today and what would be able to be done in the future. And so um, over time, we came together and it really is sort of the left and the right brains coming together and sort of making magic in the middle and 
truly harnessing the power of that, that understanding, that information so that we can drive better outcomes for our clients. And I think it's important now because we're starting to see the technology evolve to the point where people are understanding how they can store a lot more data and process a lot more data with all the cloud um, companies out there that are providing that access for you. Traditionally, if you tried to build a system to do it internally, it'd be very expensive and you would have a lot of overhead for when you weren't processing that data. Um, but with these cloud vendors, you can spin things up quickly, process a lot of data, turn it down to keep your costs lower and your long-term investment in technology lower. So you can see a better ROI on that technology investment sooner. Right. And that and the ROI is really, it seems so hard to um, predict. And so can, can you talk a little bit about how we've been able to address the ROI as it relates to the investment that you'd need to make, both on the data, data side of things, but also on the customer experience? That's a good question. <laughs> or do you want me to talk well, a little bit? Why don't bit? you take that? <laughs> you know, from a technology stand, standpoint, um, traditionally what, what companies would do is they would look at their, their spend, and, and most companies have a three- to five-year turn on their hardware and software might have a little bit longer life than that. So they have to have, they have to try to determine how they're going to get ROI out of that three-year initial investment because they know they got to refresh that every few years. I mean, that was harder to do. But as you move more of that cost to cloud and more of a, a cost that's, that's structured that's really based on what you're trying to do at a given point in time instead of that, that initial big investment, I think that ROI is a lot easier to, to, to determine and achieve from that technology investment. Now, from a... A customer, you know, a customer 360 investment, I think you're probably better suited to, to talk about that than I am. Um, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer and I think all of our team are believers that you should be able to um, drive a return on whatever investments made. And so we spend a lot of time talking to customers about what their goals are and then what, um, what historical data they have so that we can kind of benchmark whatever activities we're going to do with them and put together a return on investment and an attribution model that is reasonable and effective. And so what we've been able to do with Zerobi is just sort of um, evolve that uh, ROI calculator in a way that um, it takes into account both the hardware costs um, that might come into play, uh, subscription costs that might actually go away, um, uh, the the lead sources uh, that we can leverage, um, how um, having a more seamless customer experience could, can really drive a higher return. And so we've taken a, a lot of different data sets, if you will, from a, a ROI standpoint and brought those together um, into a, to capture a, a return on investment that is exponentially better than if you do it in a, in a myopic view. So what I mean by that is, when we look at um, the advertising side of the business and we're looking at spending a dollar, when we're going to make recommendations on how to spend that dollar. And based on what we recommend, we're going to track the return on that investment. Today, by bringing the IT side of things along with the uh, marketing and sales side of things together and improving the customer's experience overall because uh, we've we've developed an environment that's more seamless to the customer, we're able to improve ROI. And um, we've got some case studies and some examples of how we've done that for other clients. But I guess the, the point is, 
if, if we take a step back and we look at really what matters to customers, the things that matter to customers in a world filled with AI and machine learning and um, marketing automation are still remain the same to when we didn't have those things. So for example, customers want things easy. They want things convenient. They want to know that no matter where they enter into the conversation with you, um, whether it's at the point of sale, whether it's post-sale, whether it's pre-sale, that you know who they are and that you can have a relevant conversation with them and, and that you value their time. They also want to know that if I'm going to give you something as a customer, if I'm going to share my, my contact information, my, you know, my details with you, that I want something in exchange. So there's a, this mutual, um, mutual value has to be derived in the customer experience when we're talking about any sort of um, sale. And so being able to have access along each of those steps in the customer's journey to all of the touch points within the relationship, both inside of the companies that hire us and outside of the, of the companies where we're doing advertising is really critical to delight the customer. And so what we, what, what we have done um, over the years is we're, we're one of the pioneers in voice of customer studies. And voice of customer studies are really just tracking the customer experience from the point that you consider the brand to the point where you stop using the brand at all the brand intersections along the way. Those studies over the last 20 years have allowed us to, to see uh, that there's only one channel to a customer. So businesses are built, you know, a lot of businesses are built like, okay, you're the retail channel, you're the direct channel, you're the indirect channel, and you're the phone channel. And each of those business units um, are, are sometimes you know, myopic in the way that they're designed, and then they have to be integrated into the greater business. But the systems that support those business units aren't always integrated as seamlessly as we want. And so, like I said, over the last 20 years, we've found that empirically in the voice of customers studies that we've done that it's not a seamless experience for customers when they engage with most companies. And so being able to integrate all of those front systems and back, you know, front of house and back of house systems is absolutely critical. And that is what we call a customer 360. So really having a full, full view of the customer experience, no matter where they intersect with us, no matter where they come to come into the relationship or out of the relationship with us is super critical to driving improved outcomes. And so by bringing these, our two organizations together, our two levels of expertise together, we're able to do that in a way that we haven't been able to do in the past. And our clients are finding that to be really, really valuable. I think one of the things that really started the conversation between the two companies when we were talking about what can be measured and what should be measured. And it was my belief that you can measure more marketing spend and track that to results. And some other agencies that we talked to didn't think that was necessary, didn't think that you could do that. But when, when Marianne and I had a conversation about that, we both agreed that companies should be doing that and they can be doing that at a deeper level than they are today. And over time, I think that's going to continue to evolve and we're going to be tracking and measuring more of that marketing spend and do actual results, which is for some companies a hard concept to, to grasp because they don't have very good control over that today. But as it become more mature in this space, I think we're going to see a better measurement of that and more result-driven um, spend in the future. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think 
philosophically, we're, we were definitely aligned. Any dollar spent needs to have some sort of attribution around it. I, uh, as a former CMO of a Fortune 100, that that was always my objective from the client or from the company's standpoint. And then as an agency owner, I was always surprised that we were the agency asking about what well, what ROI do we need to be getting? How are we tracking this? Um, so I, I absolutely think that um, this kind of environment it will demand um, the chief marketing officers out there to think differently about how they track and attribute uh, their budgets and how that integrates across all the different business units within the organization. And I think the most successful companies are the ones that are better integrated across all business units, including IT. Once IT understands what that, the mission is better and that the fact that they need to be tracking more data and getting better results from their marketing spend and their and their customer service and things like that. I think that those companies are going to be the ones that are the leaders. Absolutely. I mean, from a brand perspective, so, you know, 20 years ago, brands really had control over their brand. Um, with the internet, uh, we all know that we're on a global stage and that you can get access to anything, anytime, anywhere. doesn't matter if you're from a small town in Iowa or a big city, um, you have access to the same information, the same um, content, the same products. And so being able to leverage uh, kind of the seamless integration within your organization so that your customers have a great experience is not not necessarily uh, special. It's really the ante to play. And those those organizations that don't sort of, don't sort of champion this direction, I think are going to go away. I think there's a couple already in the retail space that we've seen I don't know, like, give me some thoughts like that you have, Mike, on Toys R Us or Sears and what maybe they didn't do that they needed to do. Right. It's one of those um, things that's hard to believe every year. A number of companies just go out of existence because they didn't keep up. And it's typically because they didn't keep up from the combination of that technology, that technology spend and that marketing spend and that customer um, awareness, I think. Um you know, as a kid, Sears was one of those stores that was an icon and you got that Sears catalog and everything you needed was right there. And it's surprising to see that Sears is such is a shell of what it used to be. And then Toys R Us, again, but when I was a, when we were buying things for our kids, we would go to Toys R Us and we would take them there. And that was an event um, to see that they couldn't keep up with the changing in, their, in that landscape as well was surprising. So it's going to continue to happen with companies that don't that don't keep up. You know, even in the technology space, there's every year there's companies that fold up because they're not seeing the trends to move forward and they're not listening to their customers like they should be and developing the products that are going to help them succeed. I think Blackberry is another great example, great example. Of, of a company that everybody had a Blackberry. Um, and now no one has a Blackberry because Apple displaced them and, and the Android phones as well. Um, can't have a better product for the their customer base. Yeah, it's... It is. It's crazy. When I think about Toys R Us and the opportunity that they had and what I, you know, I feel like they missed, you know, they did not take the, they did not use the internet to improve the customer's experience. They didn't realize that it wasn't about a channel that they defined. It was about the customer and how the customer wants to interact with your brand. And so when 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 we go into companies and we're talking to them, one of the like telling things for me is, do they 
do they focus on customers or do they focus on themselves? Do they focus on the products they develop or do they think about the customers and the needs of the customers? And companies that are focused, have a customer-centric focus, are so much better positioned to deliver more of this customer 360 approach that we're talking about. And so we, you know, we've had a couple ex- examples recently in retail where uh, very large retail organizations, <clears throat> excuse me, very large retail organizations are, um, you know, really challenging their management teams to think differently about uh, what they wanted to deliver to customers because they're starting with the customer. And the brand really does start, from my perspective, with the customer, and it ends with the customer. And so if you err on the side of the customer, I don't think you have much choice than to sort of put your arms around this idea that you're going to have to interact with the customer when they want to interact with you, where they want to interact with you, and how they want to interact with you. And so if you're one of those companies out there that hasn't really gotten on board with that, we might be a, we might be a resource for you to talk to because we've got you know a lot of examples of companies that have really leveraged uh, technology to improve the customer experience and to really listen to what customers want and then measure and manage those outcomes so that they can you can almost almost just in time be m- managing and measuring and modifying what you offer so that it's most relevant to your customers from a marketing perspective that helps us to personalize things in a way that we were never able to do that. I mean, I imagine a day where we're able to send almost just-in-time messages out that are that are preset, pre-tested based on algorithms that we're able to, based on AI that Mike's team is able to develop to give us um, a better view of what customers want and be able to deliver it in a way that is meaningful and relevant and timely based on their needs, not based on my needs as the head of marketing. Do we want to spend a few more minutes on just like, why now? Why why now? I know we have a lot of information on that, but I guess for me, why now might be more, more about, you know, the expectations of the customer have changed. They want a seamless, easy, consistent experience, and they, they want it now. They don't understand. They, they're offended that we haven't figured out how to do that as companies. They, they don't, you know, and as, as, the, as millennials get older, these um, digital natives get older, they, they, don't, they can't even wrap their head around why we would have siloed organizations and siloed experiences. So I, I just feel like the world has come together in a way that has forced our hand as brands that we have to get on this. We have to get on this train or we're going to be left at the station. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and I think it really is driven by how progressive a technology organization is within a company if they have a lot of legacy things and aren't able to quickly migrate those things to more current technologies they're going to struggle um, they're going to continue to have silos and it'll be a difficult process for them to get that data in a place to where their business users can access it in a timely manner and get the results that they need to, to make the decisions on where to take their products i mean when we're when we're talking about this i can imagine people listening might be saying Look, I, I'm totally on board. I get what you're saying, but you know, it's like boiling the ocean. How am I gonna, how am I gonna change the way that we operate today? How am I gonna get, how, how do you even get started with something like this? So we're talking about catalyst. Yeah, let's talk about what we do with our clients and um, how we try to simplify a very complex. Right. So, it, it, from a technology standpoint, and I think it really 
is one of the reasons why we work well together. We try to segment things and break things down into smaller chunks when we do implementations. And we've created a, a program called Catalyst, which is a, a process that allows us to do a deep dive within an organization for an affordable amount of money. So it's not a, not a huge investment for a company to make um, to help us understand how to make recommendations for, this, for these companies to move forward and leverage their data better. So we take the technical aspects of it, understanding all those data sources, and we marry that to the marketing aspects that you guys bring to the table to help us create a recommendation, a plan, um, a journey map, or whatever mm -hmm. you guys yeah. call it. Yeah, basically we, we take the, the technical aspects of their organization, the architecture that they've designed, and when, like Mike said, we marry that to um, the marketing needs of the organization, the sales and marketing needs of the organization. And then we, um, we, the outcome is really a roadmap on, okay, so if you've got all these disparate data sets and you need to get access to them in order to have a singular experience for your customers, how do we get there? What, what's step one? What's step two? What's step three? Because it is a lot to do, but if you take it in chunks like you're talking about, it's manageable. And so the roadmap is one piece of it. The other piece is that we look at the customer journey map. What is the customer's journey? Um, and not the journey that we've outlined. What is the actual customer going through to, to engage with us? And how can we improve that? How, how do we make that better with, with more customer understanding? And so then we actually visualize for the customer in the catalyst process use cases Maybe it's a dashboard that's got access to more information than they've ever had before. Maybe it's um, an improved ROI on a certain couple, on a couple different data sets or uh, business processes. Uh, whatever the case may be, whatever we find in that that catalyst exploration process, then we're able to um, you know deliver them a roadmap, a customer journey map, use cases, and a budget on what it would take to move to. Um, steps two, three, and four. Finally, what we do is we try to give them a view of, you know, where we would like to go eventually, you know, ultimately, and then how to get there um, in steps that are more manageable. I think the important thing there is the delivery of and creation of the use cases so that customers can determine which one of those use cases we've identified align best with their business strategy and where they want to go with the company. So we could pick five or six that we've identified, and they may say, well, these three are the ones that we think are the most important, and we can take that set of use cases, align it to their how they move forward with their technology spend, how they move forward with their business process, and how they move forward with their marketing spend, and align that. And I think the outcomes are, are, are going to be a lot faster than what people have seen in the past when you try to do too much too quickly. Yeah, because, I mean, in, in some cases, clients have been like, oh, man, we've had people, we've had consultants come in and show us how to do this. And we've had, you know, they put a huge budget in front of us and uh, we're still not sure if we're going to get the outcome that we want. And so I think the way that we sort of tranche it out helps people really see that you can you can do this in steps, you can do it in bite sizes, ultimately getting to where you need to go, but not making such a commitment um, in an environment you're not sure about anyway, uh, that that's that's sort of too scary to agree to. And and I think that's been really successful. Yeah, I think quick wins are something that we've always in the 
in my career as an IT professional, anytime you can have quick wins to for customers for a business unit, they see the value in that and they're willing to invest more. So our approach has always been find small, low-hanging fruit, things that you can do quickly and show some results. And it might be a reduction in cost or it might be um, something that helps them drive more business. But ultimately, the quicker you can have those results, the more successful you're going to be. When I when we go into a company, so let's say we have got we've got a client and um, who's interested in and in doing a catalyst with us, which is really um, you know providing a couple days. Uh, con- okay, sorry. So so Mike, let's imagine that we've got a client that said, you know what, I like what I'm hearing. These guys seem to know what they're doing. They've got this expertise on IT that's world class. I've got this expertise on marketing, communications, and behavior-based um, understanding that's world-class, these two groups come together and then they, they deliver us um, a roadmap on how, how we can integrate our data so that we can provide a, custo- a 360-degree view or a more unified view of our customers so that we can drive better outcomes. Um, how, w- what are the steps to do that and, and like, what does that look like? So... We go, so for example, Mike, um, in our, one of our retail clients, we went in, we did a 48 hour kind of deep dive with different business unit leads to find out kind of what was going on in their business and how um, they were either using automation tools or not using automation tools or, or, you know, we just do an assessment of what, what strategic goals they have, where they see the market and what they um, you know, what they want out of their technology. And then from there, we so we send in data scientists and data strategists. So data strategists on the marketing side, data scientists on the IT side, on the technology side, and we meet with different business unit leads to really try to uncover what their needs are in their particular organization. Then we bring all those that data back together, all of those findings back together, and we work together as kind of, a team um, to build these roadmaps and build the journey maps and build the use cases um, so that we can deliver all of those things along with a budget and a time frame to um, move to the next stage of their customer 360. Did I miss anything in that? No, I think that that's the reason that we're successful together is I think we both have that expert level employee that can go in and look at things holistically as opposed to being so siloed that they just look at one aspect of a business. So our technology experts understand not only how an application works, but how it affects that business process across that whole organization and how data can be siloed. Um, And then that's a challenge of how to get that data out. And then you bring to the table people that really have that expert level understanding of how how to understand a customer, how to create a customer vision, a customer centric approach. And then combining that together, we have, we can create great results that will, that will allow our customers the ability to quickly see those ROI opportunities and get quick wins. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think one of the other things that kind of sweetens the pot with the way that we've approached it. And I think it's because we're, we're, we're really at, experts in, in customers and technology, but what, what really matters is helping the organization. And so we always bring an ROI. There, every, every catalyst mission that we're on 
provides a return on investment proposal so that uh, you can kind of go make the case. If you're, if, if you're the lead on a catalyst, you can go make the case to your, your management team to say, this is what it's going to take. This is the, these are the steps we need to go through, but this is the return on the investment that we should, that we should see and realize. And so when I think about, you know, if, if, I were, if I were a listener and how do I get started, the first thing I would do is um, think about my organization as, okay, am I the early adopter that I'm on board? I know that we need to figure out how to bring this data that we've got and all these disparate data sets together so that we can have a better experience for our customers. If I'm that early adopter or I'm that kind of pioneer in my company, I, I need some support. Who do I need to talk to? So if I'm on the marketing side or I'm on the customer facing side of that, I need a friend in IT. I need to go find somebody else in IT that has a like mind in my organization and let them know, that, you know, start to talk about how do we move the ball forward? How do we move the ball down the field? And then what we've found is that if you get an executive sponsor, one of the executives, maybe it's a CFO, maybe it's a CIO, maybe it's the CMO, um, somebody else who's got that vision when it comes to how to integrate data to improve customer experience, that's that sort of trifecta. So someone from IT, someone from marketing, and, and an executive sponsor, those three folks together um, I've really seen can help can help move this kind of vision into reality when it comes to having a customer having a 360 degree view or a unified view of your customer and really improving outcomes today, tomorrow, and in, into the future. I guess one of the things that I've been thinking about is so sort of this uh, CDP, so a customer data platform has been kind of an overused term in my opinion because I one one thing that we found in in working together Mike is that every customer has their own unique set of tools that they're using and so to to say oh let's you know let's put one piece of software in here set it and forget it and and hope that it works just doesn't make sense so why is the way that we do it better in your opinion yeah i think there's no magic bullet for installing a software package and then it's solving your data problems i think it's going to be a collection of different tools and technologies that allow you to get to where you need to be to analyze the data um, for example if companies have a, a salesforce a crm like salesforce that gives them a lot of insight but it generally doesn't give them the detail that they need from the sales standpoint. You know, they understand their customer, but they really don't understand the rest of the business, the investment and that type of thing that a company has. So you need to bring data together from a lot of different platforms. So I don't like to say that our solution is is customized because in, in a sense, that's people don't like custom solutions, but it's really uh, a collection of best practices and processes and technology that allows, that allows organizations to more rapidly get to that point where they can they can get the analysis that they need and the analytics out of that data that's more important to them. So if you try to do that with a single system, you're not going to get the detail and the depth that you're going to get if you use a company like Zerobi to provide you that that detail. Yeah, and from my perspective, I, you know, there's there's always been these silos within organizations. So as your organization grows, uh, from from the marketer's perspective, you're adding pla technology platforms to support your needs at that moment in time, um, and those those moments in time are different. So if I start my business and I'm a retail, 
I've got a storefront. And then uh, now I add a website. And then I add some social channels. And then I, you know, I add, um, I don't know, distribution um, to that. Each one of those has their own, um, you know, their own goals, objectives, uh, P&L, their own business goals. And being able to integrate all of them um, is hard. And so not only do we have silos when it comes to um, business units, but we also have what I would call silos within silos. Because like you were talking about Salesforce, on the sales side of things, that's basically a, a user tool to help you um, interact with your customers better. But then on the marketing side, we might have something like HubSpot, an email automation tool that also captures elements of the customer experience. But are those two things talking? Yeah, there might be an API between the two of them. But what about finance and all the tools they have? Now, are we getting the financial picture um, layered into the customer relationship picture and the email automation picture? And so that's what we're talking about with Zerobi. All of those different platforms need to come together so that the customer can realize a better experience. And so, like you said, we don't want to customize. It's not, that's not what we're trying to say, but we're trying to live and work within the environment that's there and improve that environment so that there is a platform or there is a, a centralized repository of this data um, so that you can get a true golden record view of what's going on with that customer, no matter where they are in the life cycle of their relationship with you. Yeah, I think the important thing to note is once you have that data in a central location, then you can start doing more advanced things um, like either more st- statistical analysis or even at the point when you get to the point where you do want to do more machine learning um, to get a deeper understanding of your customer, perhaps it's customer segmentation, perhaps it's customer lifetime value, but machine learning allows you to do that. If you don't have that data in a place, in a single place, then it's impossible to do those more complicated things. Right. I mean, our brains can only handle so many layers of data. And so as you start to think about, okay, structured data, just the zeros and ones and the, the, you know, the Excel files, let's say, of data, you think about that as structured data. Now we've got all this social data that is unstructured and bringing those constructs together is hard enough. And then trying to layer third party data on top of that. We, we know as we know logically that we could get a much purer picture if we were able to do that. So by incorporating AI, we're able to do that, do what our own brains can't do, right? Right, yeah. I think AI is going to explode over the next few years. I think people, are the, the companies that take advantage of that and really understand how to leverage those technologies are the ones that are going to um, leave their competition behind. Yeah, and still keep the human aspect because at the end of the day, it's not really a B2B or a B2C relationship that we talk about in marketing anymore. It's really a human-to-human interaction. And, you know, machine learning and AI, uh, they, we know that they're going to bring us a lot of value, but we have to make sure that, um, you know, as practitioners, that we keep that human element there. Okay, so another thing I wanted to talk about. So to try to... To try to um, imagine your business in the future and kind of your blue heaven, where you want where you want to be able to have a seamless experience for your customers and a centralized view for your your employees to really engage with customers when it is most relevant to them. To to be able, we all know we want to go there, but to go there 
getting there and going there are two different things. So how, how we get there, um, we're talking about with our Catalyst product is the steps. We'll, we'll give you the roadmap, the real steps to get you there. And we've usually in the past broke that down into three or four different steps where you've got a time frame and a budget and the actual steps and a visual and visualize a visualization of those steps um, at each of those steps. That allows customers to see the full breadth of and and possibility around um, an improved customer experience um, through AI, but not so big that they can't kind of. They can't, they can't bite, they don't want to bite off more than they can chew. So this catalyst approach really does, I think, allow customers to say, you know what, that makes sense to me. Let's walk before we run. We know we need to move in this direction. So this is going to get the forward motion for our organization there. But we're not kind of going all in on um, uh, one piece of software or one, one, a single bullet solution. We're actually being mindful of, you know, where we are in the market today and where we want to go in the future. I think some companies aren't quite ready for AI yet, but you have to take the steps to get there eventually. If you're not preparing for AI and machine learning today, you're going to get left behind because others are preparing for that and they will be better suited to have the deeper analytics on their customer data to provide what customers want. I think one of the things that's going to be important in the future, and it's probably the near future, is data protection and data privacy laws that are going to be expanded and it might be locally or state-based, but eventually they're going to be federally based. So companies that don't have a good understanding of where their data is and what data they have are going to be challenged to go back and try to determine what data they have about an individual and where that data resides. So the sooner you're, you're starting to think about that and prepare for that, the better off you're going to be because those laws are going to be in place um, before we know it. I think consumers are going to going to want that protection of and that understanding of where their data is and what their what companies are doing with that. So part of this is we build these solutions out. We're thinking about that. So we think about where that source of truth is for that particular customer and be able to track it back um, as we move it into more of a, a, a repository for them to do the analytics on it. Because at some point in time, individuals will be able to opt out of of a model and an analytics model and say, Hey, I don't want you using me as one of your, one of your individuals in that particular model. So you have to be able to extract them um, at that point in time. So that's something that's going to be here, I think sooner than we expect. And if customers or companies aren't preparing for that, then they're going to have a lot of catch up to do. Yeah. And I, you know, just to add to that, I think the transparency to the customer is going to be critical because they, they're not going to share data with you unless they know that, that they get something for that. Yeah, and they trust you with their data. Yes. And they're using it correctly and not using it to to market to them how they don't want to be marketed to. Exactly. I mean, if we're going to... And that's, that's why this is so important because as all of those things come together, it forces us to be better communicators. It forces us to be better partners. It forces us to be better brands and, and, and make sure that we are transparent and we are... Um, not misusing the relationship that we have and really adding value to our customers' lives because that's what it's about. There's, you know, I, I argue that as marketers, it's no, no more about pushing our message on our customers. It's about standing for something and knowing who we are and why we matter and attracting like minds to that. 
And so what, how we communicate, how we, how we organize our companies, how we organize our data, all of that tells a story to the customer about who you are as a brand. And customers are going to either align with that or not. And we, we can already see it with some of the examples we talked about today with Toys R Us or Sears or some of these other brands that just, they're not willing to make the investment in what customers want and what customers expect. And if you don't do that, you're going to go away. I think it's that simple. Um, all of us have to start interrogating the status quo and making sure that we're not sitting or resting on our laurels as it comes to our products, our solutions, our data, our communications, because the the brands that are going to win in the future are the brands that understand that it's about what customers want. It's not what we as a brand want. That conversation's over. Um, and over the last you know 20 years, we've been doing voice of customer studies. And those voice of customer studies basically outline no matter what channel the customer enters in and how they move through the customer journey, you know what they want at each intersection in that journey. So pre-sale, what are they looking for? Do they do they go into a retail store first or do they go online? Do they do they call an 800 number? If they walk into the store, they get some sort of um, they have some value around the interaction that they have with the with the uh, salesperson. We're tracking those things and have been tracking it for 20 years. And the, and everything is the 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 human aspects of that have remained the same. I want an easier experience. I want a more consistent experience, and I want a seamless experience. And that the I is our customer. It's not the brand. So as marketers, we're challenged to really figure out at every single touch point in the customer's journey, how do we deliver that? And we're able to, del to deliver that if we've got a, a very clear 360 degree view of that customer, because then we can use that data to be better partners to that customer. And when we're better partners to that customer, they're gonna be more attracted to us, they're gonna buy more, they're gonna come to us more often, and that cycle just continues. Um, but, you know, I don't see it. I don't see a future where all of us aren't focused on how we bring um, the understanding that we have around customers into more of a centralized repository where we can access that information, you know, at will and do something quickly with it. Marianne, thanks for inviting me today. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for coming and uh, look forward to more of this. Thank you for listening to Data and Sunshine, a podcast to brighten your business. Find more episodes, webinars, and enlightening info at zerobi.com. That's Z-I-R-O-B-I.com.